Welcome to Bay Books Podcast. I'm April Berry. And I'm Daisy Ray. This is the podcast where new authors bear all for their readers. Together, we're going to be finding our next favourite author. Fantastic. So today then, on Bear Books Podcast, we've got Mira Hoara talking about her book, The Wondrous and Her Suitcase. Excellent. Tell us all about it. What's it about? It's actually a true story. So it's it's memoirs. Um, she grew up under the constant glare of a violent and charismatic cult leader as she drifted between Germany, Switzerland and Austria. This is her story. It's a true story. That's what we've got this week. That's going to be a very different thing to review, isn't it? A real one. It is. It's going to be. It's going to be really, really difficult. But it's very real. It made it made me think all sorts of things. Absolutely, all sorts of things. Perfect. And can't wait to find out more about it. No. Well, here we go. Let's have a listen to something about what Mira's got to say, shall we? Oh, well, we're here now. Yes, excellent. So, Myra, April, April, Myra. Hi, uh... <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually quite enjoying what I'm reading. For me, at this point, it's more about feelings and reminiscing about emotions at the moment. It's, it's more about how things felt during your life. So it's a very yeah. emotional book at the minute. There's a lot of um, just... I don't know my own perception of how like how things were for me mm. because I think that's the only way to talk about experiences anyways is say how I felt and a lot of the book was about validating my own truth that was the whole goal for me when I yeah. was writing and I I don't know it wasn't about getting absolution blaming other people or anything of the sort it was really just like because nobody else was giving me a chance to say how I felt like during my upbringing I didn't actually plan to write this book it was just one of those things that happened Hmm. literally hitting rock bottom and um, I had a complete fallout with my family because I just realized the things I was looking for I wasn't going to get in my family I actually always knew but it was never something I wanted to acknowledge to myself because it was just too painful yeah so I think when I reached that point where I just I couldn't deny it anymore I just had to do something about it like I basically went on a backpacking trip completely unprepared. I literally just booked a flight because I felt like I needed to get out. Mm. And I have to say it was good because I I had time to just really find myself again on that trip. And that's when I started writing. Like it wasn't anything planned. It was more like I felt like I needed to write in order to kind of make sense for myself. And I don't know, this book is basically my silent witness. I don't have any resentments anymore. I'm just like more compassionate about everything that happened in my life. And it doesn't excuse stuff that happened, but it's just, it makes it less personal or less of a something that was done to me. It's just something that happened to me Mm. and I couldn't help it, but it's not like, I don't know. It's just for me, it makes me feel better about myself as well. Just looking at it that way and looking at it with more compassion. Often like we just react the only way we can. Or at least I myself see myself being in some situations and like I'd love to do better right now, but I just feel like I, I can't. For me, like I when I finished writing this book, I actually finished it super quickly. And it was funny because I started writing in German and <laughs> on like page 80, 
I felt like I couldn't continue writing in German anymore. And I started all over again and started rewriting it in English. I don't know, I couldn't express myself in German the way I wanted to express myself. So what made me realize I had to publish was basically that I realized at some stage, if there's like one person out there who reads this story and who might benefit from reading it, then it's going to be worth it. It's like, I don't need a million people reading this book. I don't know. I need a single person reading this book who just thinks, wow, being vulnerable and being open is a quality. This is my personal view on Mira O'Hara's book, The Wondrous and Her Suitcase. So for a book that deals in such a serious and controversial subject, let me start by saying weirdly that this book is a breath of fresh air in a world where it is all too common and far too easy for us humans to play the blame game. Mira is telling her own story about growing up in a cult, how that impacted her life as a child, as a teen and into adulthood, both in a realistic day-to-day sense and much more so from an emotional perspective. It would have been all too easy for Mira to feel sorry for herself and to throw blame and accusations, sort of in a bid to distance herself from a situation she should never have been a part of, also taking herself out of the whole equation. But despite all the odds, or maybe because of them, Mira is the polar opposite of her upbringing. She wrote her story, the emotional and personal truth of it, and she wrote it with feeling and with honour. And I have so much respect and admiration for this young woman. I appreciate how hard it can be to try and tell your own story without telling other people's stories in the process, And I imagine writing this book has provided some psychological relief, moving all those emotions from inside her head and onto paper. Having chatted over Zoom with Mira and April for this interview, I'm aware that Mira in print and Mira in person are one and the same thing. She talks at a million miles an hour, such long sentences filled with all the thoughts and half-thoughts flying through her mind. Nothing seems to get left out, which is, from my point of view, very entertaining and fun to listen to. (laughs) Slightly harder to read that style, if I'm honest, but I found a kind of a workaround that let me read the book at my own pace. I sort of switched some of those commas in the book to full stops because I wanted to make sure I absorbed every detail. This is one of my most uncomfortable subjects, blended with the most honest form of writing and expression that I've seen to date. And to reiterate what Mira herself believes, if just one person reads this book and feels able to tell their own story, that is enough. I I started writing in 2015 and I published uh, this year in May. I want to tell my story for the first time in my life. I'm able to say it the way I want to say it and don't have other people tell me what I can think or say or feel or write. Mm. It was also important for me to protect the people who are in it because you can't tell your own story without telling bits and bobs of other people's lives. It's just not happening because you don't go through life on your own. You don't. Um, It's not my place to tell their story. So I want to tell my own story, um, but I got to do it in a like, 
I don't know, sensitive sort of way. It feels to me at this point like you're writing your emotions into order or writing yourself better. And to publish something like that is huge. Thank you. Um, I think having the opportunity to really sit down and think about every word and how you want to say something. I'm like, everything in that book is me. I've chosen to phrase it that way and I'm behind every sentence and word. I've taken full ownership. Exactly. Now that we've had a conversation with you and we've got to know you a little bit better and it's been fascinating, I've got to say, we've not had a book up till now that's quite so emotional and personal. It's easy, uh, I think, to write something fictional that's just made up, doesn't affect anyone, won't impact anybody's life, won't change anybody's life other than like entertaining them and et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's wonderful that you've done something so personal to make your life better. Do you want to read a passage from it or from anywhere in the book for us? Um, I can do that. I just got to make sure I don't read anything to you that spoils the entire end. You know, I heard I heard on your first episode that you like to read endings. So I was like, I hope you don't read the That's end. me. <laughs> yeah. no, that, was, that, was, that was when I was a lot younger and I was reading Nene Blythe. <laughs> and she was naughty. Yeah, yeah I was naughty. Don't, don't start with the ending. I feel that ruins no. everything. Sometimes you just need to, like, there is that certain suspense, like, how will it end? Will it be good? Will it be bad? Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, a no, I don't, I, don't do, I don't do that now. I've grown up a bit since then, I think. <laughs> I'm glad well, to hear that. I've aged since then. I'll use the words yeah. aged, grown up, <laughs> perhaps not the right word to use. Well, I mean, I'm still going to read something that is quite, like, pretty far towards the end, but I probably I won't spoil or anything if you haven't, like, made it that far into the book. So I'm just going to risk it. <laughs> Perfect. The month we spent together was to be our rebirth. It was a time to recognize that we were still here and that nothing and no one had managed to tear us apart. When we met, we were familiar and yet so different. Scarred, but strong. We were two warriors who were ready to do the hardest thing of all, to return to life. We were willing to explore and be surprised, willing to trust that there was beauty out there and love and joy ready to have our hearts touched and our souls hugged. The feeling of homelessness suddenly turned into something else. I called it freedom to wander. A happiness I had never known came over me as I found myself in a little tent in the desert, gazing at the stars. The red sand under my feet felt like an old friend. The quietness of the land was nothing compared to the quietness of my mind, knowing that my only task was to travel on. I knew that I never wanted to stop walking. I wanted to see places and somehow understand what this thing called Earth was all about. There were so many people out there and I had to meet them. I felt safe and at home on the roads to nowhere. I felt welcome and protected in the unknown land and I fell in love with the people around me. They were so very similar and still so very different from me. I felt their souls connect to my own and I knew no greater feeling could ever be given to me. When I closed my eyes that night, things were different. Somehow, a little lighter than the day before. I left something behind in the heat and the vastness of this continent, and I was reborn as something I knew I had always been, a wondrous. Lovely. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. <laughs> I like that. 
It's nice, isn't it? The end on the wondrous, because that's the title of your book. <laughs> yeah, I just thought I read this because it kind of explains why the book is called what it's called. <laughs> yeah, that was quite a peaceful passage, to be honest. I think if you show yourself in the most vulnerable and raw way that you can, um, it might probably just help someone to open up as well. Where I'm like, yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm hoping that they just that they read this and they might think, well, actually, if someone with all that shit can say that out loud and people still like her probably I can tell someone that I'm not feeling good right now myself so that is what I'm hoping for do you ever like wind down yourself and read other people's works oh definitely do um I mean I love reading memoirs (laughs) surprise (laughs) especially from people who like who also especially had trauma in their childhood like people Mm. with difficult upbringings I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, the works of Cheryl Strait. I really, I like her writing and um, I also loved her column, Dear Sugar. Um, There's a lot of great articles there or articles, actually letters that like she wrote to people who were writing to her. Yeah, I also, I don't know if you uh, by any chance read Educated by Chara Westover. It's a brilliant book. And it's just like whenever I read someone else's work, it just really gives me the strength to put myself out there and be like, yeah, actually... There is actually there is an audience for that. Like people like reading that. Um, people appreciate honesty. They appreciate real life stories. This is something I want to read. I can put my story out there, and I might find an audience for it, and uh, people who might enjoy reading it. So, so that inspired you to publish, then, did it? I mean, I decided to publish before, but it really. I think I just read it at the right time because yeah. I don't know when I was struggling with finding um, an editor and coming up with the money and everything. I just felt like. I don't know. I I didn't want to put this book out there without the proper editing because it just felt like I don't know if I if I'm going to do a job, I will like I would like to do it properly. I just uh hope that I find an audience for the book and at least I don't know um a couple of people might pick this book up or that it might show up among yeah. other memoirs so people even like that they know it exists. I think which is the hardest part of self-publishing you actually have to get like make people aware that there is a book there and if they're interested they'll pick it up anyways i want to i want to put my story out there I have it's to nice to have a voice though isn't it yes it is it absolutely is so murray then what's next that is a good question <laughs> <laughs> um as i said at the moment i'm a bit put on hold sort of um i think at the moment i won't start a new writing project because i want to try and market the book that i have I don't know, like doing this podcast now, just chatting to people about it. And yeah, I just wanted, I want to do some book readings. Um, I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm also super nervous and self-conscious about it, but I, I really am looking forward to doing this. Yeah, I might pick mm. up writing again, but not not right now. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> when you do write, do you think it'll be more autobiographical or do you think you might branch out and try other styles? I think I might try something different because I feel this book... I, I said everything I wanted to say and it's kind yeah. of come to a close now. And so I think I might try something that is very similar to a memoir, but it's still like, um, it's still fiction. Okay. Um, I actually have a story in my mind where I'm like, I, I'd like to write about this at some stage, but I, I have to work on the plot a bit more, um, but I have the characters in my head and I kind of, 
I don't know, they have a picture already. I know what they look like. So I'm like, this is always a bad sign. Once I see them in my mind, I have to write about them at some stage. (laughs) That's kind of exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But then I'm like, it was so much work doing all the editing. I don't want to take on another book project right now because all the work, oh my God, no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we can't let you go without letting everybody know where they can find you online. I'm like mostly online on Instagram um, uh, under Mira O'Hara or Backpackeress. You also find me on Goodreads as a Goodreads author, also under Mira O'Hara. Reading this book became really difficult for me. Not, I must stress, emphasise, etc. Because it's hard to read, badly written, not interesting. But because Daisy and I had interviewed Mira and I'd only read the first chapter... And this had a profound impact on me. And I'm possibly reiterating what um, I said when Daisy and I were talking about the book together. But because I'd had a conversation with the author about everyday things, uh, coronavirus, holidays, as I was actually planning a trip to Vienna and Bratislava, uh, really most useful actually, as Mira gave me some tips. So, But she was a real lively, bubbly person. I'd looked at, in a Zoom interview, And I thought she was really interesting, informative and knowledgeable. And that's what made it difficult. Reading about horrendous experiences, actions that had happened to this person when they were not old enough to make their own decisions and they were at the mercy of deluded, controlling, weak-willed adults that only cared about either their own perverse pleasures or people who spent their life being controlled by the former. There are lots of books out there And I've read quite a few um, that are written, I'm thinking now, for cathartic reasons, where the author has had a life less than perfect, but I'd never spoken to them, met them virtually, so this time it was different. My sense of injustice while reading this flew off the scale. Mira never actually slates her mother all the way through the book. She just states facts and asks herself questions. Tries to talk to her mother at various times. But her mother lives in a state of blissful denial. I'd like to think that things were so traumatic for Ada that she actually didn't remember events. I'm guessing, though, that deep down inside she knew what was happening and the way she was living her life was immoral. Personally, I just want to take Ada by the shoulders and shake her, shout at her, scream at her for allowing and enabling events to take place. And I want to ask, what in the hell were you thinking? But it's not my place, and from reading the book... I get the impression that even if I did, it would be falling on stony ground. Is it possible or even acceptable or a right to hate someone for their actions if the person who suffered by these actions doesn't hate that person? The book is well written, grabs my attention all the way through. There were times when I was reading the book that I gathered the impression that Mira was older and wiser than her years. She knew that the lifestyle that Ada had chosen for them wasn't right, wrong on so many levels, even at that young age. The book was interwoven with Mira's trip to the USA and her feelings and inner thoughts and how her formative years impacted on her adult relationships. A journey to discover herself, a strong recommendation from me to read this book. I was absolutely enthralled from start to finish. think the debate could go on quite a long time on this one i really seriously think it's well worth reading and isn't it testament to her strong character how chatty 
and vivacious and wonderful she came across in the absolutely interview. i mean Catching i loved chirpy smiling the entire yeah, time the interview was brilliant and i think that's one of the things that made it a little bit difficult because i suppose it's that injustice so it's not a faceless person i'm reading about no it's hard isn't it when you it's talk really to yeah it's really difficult so we've interviewed her and she, she's you know she's happy she's bubbly and then you read this and you think this is what's happened to that person I'll tell you what's interesting i went to have a nosy at her instagram page and she's got a real eye for beauty a real eye for beauty. She's yeah. been to some beautiful places. She posts some absolutely stunning photographs of scenery and the places she's been. And oh, I just think yeah. it's, I don't know, it's testament to how strong a character she really is inside, whether she knows that or not, that she can, A, bear all, because she has, in the yes. truest sense possible, more than anybody else we've spoken to to live the life that she's led and still be able to see true beauty yeah, and to smile and to work through it and to, I don't know, maybe the book's like therapy and like she was saying in the interview, if one person picks up her book and then feels capable of telling their story and it helps them, that's enough and she'll be happy. Yeah, I thought that that part of the interview was quite profound, really, what she was saying there. I, too, have had a, a quick look at her Instagram. And, yeah, there's some amazing photographs on yeah. there. So she's she's well-travelled. But I'm, I'm making a sort of, of an assumption here. And, you know, what sometimes assuming things can do. But I don't think that she's let this, to a massive, massive degree, stop her from going out and seeing the world. Having read the book, I realised at first that it stopped her from having relationships with people and she felt that she wasn't deserving of those relationships with people. But it's not stopped her from going out and seeing places and looking for beauty out there in the world. I think I'm a little bit into psychoanalyzing this and maybe I shouldn't be. I don't know. I think it kind of calls for it. Don't you think she wrote it in the same way that she talks? I think it was very honestly written. Yeah, you're right. And and like you say that, you know, she's got massively long sentences in the book yeah. and she says she talks at 100 mile an hour and every sentence is a paragraph and the book comes along across at that. And that she's was another wrong. thing that the way that she talks and the way that she's is, is how she re writes. So yeah. she's not writing any differently to actually the way that she talks about things. Did you find that when you were reading the second half of it after we'd spoken to her, you were reading it in her voice? Yes, I was. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> Even with that accent. <laughs> yeah, it's like Irish yeah. with a clipped German edge. Yes. Quite a strange yeah. accent. Yeah. But I read I, the book I just... in her accent after I'd spoken to her and it meant a lot more in a weird kind of way. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it. So what have we got to look forward to then, Daisy, next week? It's our final author next week, April. Can you believe it? Our We're final towards author. Towards the end of season one already. I can't, I can't believe it's our last author. So what have we got then next week? So Who Victoria is Holmes is our author next week, and she has written a book called Poptastic. 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 Does it remind you of a quiz show from way back when? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> the write-up for the book. Poptastic is... Bridesmaiding is a tedious business at the best of times, but as Julia discovers, the task is particularly cumbersome when one of the brides is your ex and her fiancé won't stop sulking about it. 
With the wedding threatening to dominate everything for the rest of the year, a bewildering embrace with a devastatingly attractive pop star offers a welcome distraction. Dating Krishna catapults Julia away from the paltry concerns of dress fittings and Hindus, but it also takes her away from her friends and directly leads her to her most disastrous beep up yet. (laughs) Much to her surprise, she discovers that embracing the role she'd accepted so reluctantly might be just exactly what she needs. That sounds like it's going to be quite a, a roller coaster of fun, to be fair. <laughs> I, do, I do like reading novels of other people's disasters. <laughs> that says a lot about you. It does, doesn't it? There are trigger warnings attached to this book. I will warn people in advance. Um, this novel contains scenes depicting the abuse of drugs and alcohol, domestic violence and attempted suicide which some readers may find upsetting. So let's just put that out there and up front. Okay. People yeah. need to be aware if they're going to read the book along with us. Yeah, right. If you want to be involved and read the books along with us, use us like a book club, share your views and opinions, send either an audio clip in an MP3 format or an email or both, because the audio clip will have to be attached to an email, to contact us at barebooks.co.uk. If, on the other hand, you happen to be an author that has just finished your latest masterpiece and want that reviewed on a future episode of Bear Books podcast, then send it to us via email at submissions at barebooks.co.uk. And now that you've found us, why don't you subscribe? You'll find the podcast in all the usual places where you find all your podcasts. Share, share, share. Also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All this information will be in the show notes. We are April Berry and Daisy Ray from the Bear Books Podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye.